I'm Beth Kuehl, your executive career coach and host of Breakthroughs, Smart Strategies for Business and Career Growth. I'm really excited to have a conversation today with Jeff Gotthelf. After spending the first 10 years of his career climbing the corporate ladder, Jeff decided to change his approach to staying employed. Instead of looking for jobs, they would find him. Jeff spent the next 15 years building his personal brand to becoming a recognized expert, consultant, author, and public speaker. In this episode, Jeff will discuss his highly tactical, practical book, Forever Employable, how to stop looking for work and let your next job find you, with tips, tricks, techniques, and learnings that helped him become forever employable. Jeff's going to share some of his strategies that could protect your career, no matter what happens in your industry, he says. Well, who wouldn't want to have that kind of security? Welcome to my show, Jeff. It's great to have you here. Jeff, what did you write Forever Employable? So writing the book was a response to a consistent stream of inbound requests and inquiries from people who were already paying attention to my work and noticing that I was developing a career and a platform and an audience that was in turn generating more work. I was getting book deals, I was getting speaking gigs, and I was getting interesting consulting work. And so people were, were emailing me on a regular basis for a couple of years, actually. I, I, I waited to get this insight for more than just a week or two, but very consistently for a couple of years, I'd get one to three emails every week with questions like, how did you get a, that book deal? Or how did you get to speak on that stage? Or um, how did you get, uh, you know, to, to, to get to work with that client? And to me, that's, that's insight from the market. That's market-based evidence that there was an audience for this story. And so I was inspired to write it. Jeff, you mentioned in the book that there are five personal qualities that could enable a person to become forever employable, as you say. Could you share those with us? Absolutely. So the five qualities that I share in the book for becoming forever employable that I, that I discovered in myself and I really had to lean into to successfully build the platform that I built for myself are entrepreneurialism, self-confidence, continuous learning, improvement, and reinvention. Now, if you're familiar with any kind of digital product design or development um, work, you'll recognize a lot of those qualities because they, because they come from the field of agile or agility. These are the kinds of qualities that modern digital product development teams apply to their work. But in this particular case, I was taking these qualities and applying them to myself and my career and my professional development and growth. Jeff, could you give us an example of how you apply these five principles to make an effective career pivot? Absolutely. And so, so, for example, I had to lean in to entrepreneurialism. This is something that I never thought I had any skills in whatsoever. I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. I actually uh, always thought I was an execution guy, not an ideas guy. But it turned out that I had plenty of experience in my life being entrepreneurial, when I was a touring musician, I played in bands on the East Coast for a lot of years in college and after college. Bands are startups. You and your friends get together. You have a crazy idea that's going to change the world. You put everything you have into it. You uh, sleep on floors. You eat ramen. You, you, know, you, you, you try to make the world believe in you and build this, this thing that's bigger than yourselves around, around you. That's entrepreneurial. It's just, it, it's not applied to a tech startup, it's applied to a band, but I had that experience. And so tapping into that really helped me understand how to use those skills 
about my career and the platform that I was building. And the same holds true for these other qualities as well. So self-confidence, for example, you could argue that being in bands and being on stage built a lot of self-confidence for me. And, and I would I would agree with that as well. But what I was looking for was times in my life where I had overcome a real challenge and really learned how to survive and thrive in specific situations. For example, when I was 22, right after I graduated from college, I joined the circus. <laughs> That's a true story. True wow. story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I graduated on a Saturday. I put all my all my stuff as in I own, as if I owned anything. It was like a a mattress and a Bob Marley poster, I think. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, uh, and on Monday I was in the circus. I was in a circus called the Clyde Beatty Cole Brothers Circus, which is an East coast I-95 circus. And turns out that this particular circus is a community of 200 people that really functions semi-autonomously. It's, it's its own, it's kind of like its own country really. And I was a, definitely a foreigner in this country and I spent six months trying to understand how to survive and then ultimately how to thrive, how to build relationships, how to collaborate, um, how to be successful in this weird place. <laughs> and, and ultimately, I did it. And so I leaned into that experience to help build my self-confidence. Yeah. And then the other, the other qualities like continuous learning, improvement, and reinvention really comes from doing the work and being present in my industry. So paying attention to what's happening, reading, listening discussing and then applying those new ideas to my ways of working, figuring out what works for me, and then using those ideas to, to reinvent myself in new domains. And that's been working really well for me. So I have a challenge for you. I actually have a client, a relationship manager. He's done extremely well as a relationship manager, has made a huge impact wherever he's gone and wants to make a pivot really would love to become forever employable, but it's a big risk for him. He's not ready to take the leap and put up a shingle and become an entrepreneur, but he would like to make a pivot. He'd prefer to be helping people with leadership development. And I would imagine, you know, you wouldn't tell this person to leave their job, but there's a big risk in this. How does one go about using your template when they're not certain as to what exactly they would like to do and, and then make that pivot? Can, you, can it be done you know, very quickly or what does the process look like? So first of all, I agree that it is risky and you should keep your day job. <laughs> this <laughs> takes time to build and it takes time to start generating opportunities in your direction. That said, one of the first steps you need to decide is, is where to plant your flag. So if you've been a relationship manager, is that where you want to plant your flag? What, what the kind of the thing you want to be known for, the thing you want to build a platform and an audience and a network and a reputation around? Specifically, there in the book, there are three questions that I ask you to ask yourself. What's, what's been really interesting is that since the book has been published, I've gotten a lot of feedback that said to me that the questions that I outlined in the book were very similar to a Japanese concept called ikigai. Ikigai means your reason for being or the reason you get up in the morning every day. And it's based around answering four key questions. The four questions are, what do you love? What are you good at? What does the world need? And what can you be paid for? Now, the idea is to answer each of those questions individually. So what are the things that I love? What are the things that I'm actually good at? Those are not always the same thing. Um, what does the world need right now? And what can I get paid for? And then as you start to answer those questions individually, you're looking for answers that tick all four boxes. When you find 
a thing or a couple of things that tick all four boxes, that's a good indication that that's a good flag to plant. You might want to start in that direction because, well, it's a thing that you love and you're good at it and the world needs it and you think you can get paid for it. So that's a great direction to start to head in and see if there's traction there. What's your strategy to help people share a story that's going to make them memorable and help them plant that flag that you describe? The approach that I advise folks on, it, it may, maybe it's not as structured because I find that the ob this is the big obstacle for a lot of folks. They say, okay, great, Jeff, you sold me on this. Wait, I got I to gotta tell a story. Where do I even start? I don't have anything to share. I haven't done anything interesting. Like I, I, you know, I, I've had a, a decent career, but you know, not, I haven't built a startup. I haven't run a marathon. I haven't joined the circus, right? <laughs> um, right, that that type of thing. And and the coaching that I give them in those situations is you've got to tell this. You've got to tell your story. The one the one thing, and of course, there's always belief that like everything's been written on the internet, right? But the one thing that's definitely not been written on the internet is your story and your perspective. And so the advice that I give folks is to start with that. Start with telling the things that you know, right? The, talk about the obstacles that you've overcome. Talk about the challenges that made you who you are today. Because no one else, nobody in the world has done it the same way, at the same timings, with, with the same challenges as you have. And, and so that's the one unique thing that only you can share. And amazingly, there is always an audience for authenticity, there's always an audience for somebody who's, who's, who starts, you know, and it doesn't matter where you are in your career. You know, I, I meet with a lot of, a lot of uh, folks coming straight out of college or even technical boot camp kind of programs. And they'll say, Jeff, I don't have, a, I'm, I'm 22. I don't have a story to tell. And I'll say, well, tell, tell your story about getting your first job in tech, the interviews, the, the first, the, the day you got your offer letter, the first day on the job, the first six months on the job, right? If you're starting your, your story mid-career, you there are plenty of folks who are mid-career who would love to hear that they're not alone, would love to hear that they've got similar challenges to you. It validates their stories and their, their challenges and the work that they're doing. So, so talk about what you know, and that's to me, that's the most authentic thing that you can do. And that's what really builds the connection with folks. If a person doesn't know what to talk about and doesn't know where they want to plant their flag, what's your best advice? I think... The, the most effective thing that they can they can talk about is how they solve the particular problem, right? So one of the things that I ask folks to really think through is what is the problem that that you help people solve? And, and the first thing that they go for is job titles. Well, I'm a project manager, right? Or or I, I'm a I'm a business unit leader. Okay, great. What's the problem that you help people solve? Yeah. I help teams be more successful by removing obstacles from their way. Okay. That's interesting, right? That's a transferable skill. You can do that anywhere, right? And and so to me, it's 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 really helping people think through that aspect of their work and, and getting them to dig much, much deeper than their job title. And, and what, what you find is 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 exactly kind of what I said is, is that then that that answer, when when they can come up with that problem that I help people solve, that answer is transferable. For example, right? What I do in the product uh, in digital pro in the digital product world is I help to take complicated things and make them simple in a variety of different contexts, right? Now I'm taking that exact same skill set and I'm moving it over into human resources, where I'm doing a lot of work these days, right? Now, now 
the problems that we're, we're solving, the, the, the complicated items that we're solving in human resources are fundamentally different than the complicated problems that we're, we're dealing with in, in digital product development. But my expertise, the problem that I have people solve is I take complicated things and make them simple, right? And I can do that in any context. And, and when you realize that, you can, you can greatly broaden your audience and your reach as you start to share your ideas in public. I couldn't agree with you more, Jeff, that when it comes to narrowing down your search for an appropriate job that fits you, it's best to start by thinking about a time when you've used your skills to solve a problem that many people have. And I also like to think about it in terms of a problem that matters to you, that you feel really good about the fact that you're able to use your skill sets to, to tackle this problem and that's been helpful to other people. So eventually you could take that skill and then give it away for free. Start to you know, blog or vlog. Do it for someone perhaps who has more prestige and credibility so you can advance your brand, but at the same time, you're learning by listening and being attuned to the feedback that you're getting. And I think the very rigor of writing actually is a great way to develop and hone a skill, the research and the writing on a topic. And then you get to know, is this really what I want to be known for? So yes, I also agree with you fully. Give away the information, give away knowledge. It, it, you, it gives you an opportunity to grow and you're not you know, charging anyone because you're not at the level at that point to be charging. But I also, you know, it's kind of a fine line. I continue to give away free information through this podcast, through articles I post. And I know you do a lot of that on your website, but what is it, how, how does a person know when it's time to monetize your business? Um, if you could tell us a little bit about how you segment in your business between those offerings you give away for free and those you charge for. It took me a long time to realize that this was a winning strategy because to your point, I've been working professionally for more than 20 years. I've got experience. I've got expertise. I should be paid for that experience and that expertise. And look, I believe that you should be paid for your experience and your expertise. That being said, the unintuitive thing that I've learned over the last decade or so has been that the more I give away, the more opportunities come to find me. The more I give back to my community, to my industry, to my domain, the more people uh, end up finding me, reading the material, and then asking to work with me in one form or another. Now, I shared this idea recently. I, I did an interview with um, author... Michael Bungay Stanier, he wrote The Coaching yep, Habit. Great guy. And he, he's, 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 he's a brilliant Yeah, guy. and he, sli he slightly disagreed with me. And it's a really good yeah. book, right? Um, and and he, he slightly disagreed with me. He, sa he said, look, yes, give it away, but have a monetization strategy. And I think that's a nice nuance on this as well. So yes, you're giving it all away. And if you go to my website today, 90% of my content is there for free. But the books aren't free. And tickets to my events or workshops or trainings aren't free. Everything else, videos of talks, resources, downloads, templates, canvases, you name it, blog posts, it's all there for free, right? But the monetization strategy is you'll consume all that stuff. And then when you're ready to learn more, you'll buy a book or you'll buy a ticket to a workshop. And that seems to be working particularly well for me. So to piggyback on what you're saying, I think it's clear that the more you share, the more you give back, the bigger your platform will be. Uh, but eventually, you should have some kind of monetization strategy. 
And then you just need to ask yourself, what is it that people want more of? What are my audience of listeners, uh, readership, or what are they asking for? And that's where you have your business. And it may sound like we're oversimplifying here, but the reality is if there isn't a need or isn't a demand for that particular skill, for that particular uh, problem-solving ability, then there is no niche, and that means that there is no business. So we just want to be aware of what we, solution we'd like to be a part of and how good are we really at that. And it, as long as there is a need that's broad enough, then yeah, we will have a business. So it sounds like it's so easy. It's not. It definitely takes a lot of rigor, but really the first step is to considering where is that problem that you care about enough that you'd want to invest your time and energy into learning about and becoming a part of the solution to it? I find it really interesting and kind of disturbing that many times I know people who really are doing a great job. They're delivering great value to their clientele, and somehow they still have this imposter syndrome. What do you have to say about that? Uh, look, I think ultimately the proof, the, proof is in, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. I think that if you, if you can tell a compelling story and if you've developed expertise or, or a reputation for yourself in a short amount of time based on the experience that you have and the work that you've shared to date and people want to pay you for another service. Okay. That's, that, that's to me, that proves the model and it proves that you've, you've done enough at this point to generate enough trust and, and, and reputation to do that. Like for, look, in my case, I started, I started working on this in 2008 kind of the, the, on the day I turned 35, as the book talks about. And I've been doing this now actively for a dozen years. I went into private practice, sort of kind of on my own, five years ago. So it took me a long time to, to build a credibility, to get a book deal, to, to build that reputation. I started a company in, in, in the middle there and then eventually went out on my own. I recently met a software developer in Tennessee, who has become a bit of a YouTube and Twitter phenomenon as someone who's helping lots of other software or aspiring software developers get jobs, get trained, learn how to build up their LinkedIn profile, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the kind of reputation that he's built for himself took me, I would say it took me eight years to build. He's done it in two. So, you know, it's, it's kind it's kind of like if you can, if you can, do it and build the credibility and people trust you enough to to buy things from you then then I, I say more I say more power to you I, I mean if, if you're if you're conning them in any way it'll come out it'll come out super fast like your reputation will not stand to, to, you know a con in that sense so I think the proof is in the market yeah I mean I, look this is this is product management 101 right so kind of falling back on my on my my core expertise, which is which is digital product development, um, product product management one one is understanding your market, understanding your target audience, um, paying attention, and by staying active in the community, you start to get a sense of where the community is headed, where the industry is headed, what are the latest trends, what are the new things, and then you have to make yourself relevant in those new trends. You know, and, and in some situations, you're going to find that maybe the, the community or the industry or the domain that you're in is shrinking. And that becomes a really interesting challenge because now you've got to take that core problem solving skill and start to reinvent yourself somewhere else because that market is going to start to go away. Like, for example, I'll give you a perfect example, like project management, sort of traditional 
IT product project management is shrinking as as the as the business world increasingly adopts agile ways of working the traditional project manager is a role that doesn't really exist in that world and so you're seeing opportunities shrink uh, companies cut back on on hiring project managers and a lot of folks transitioning out into other roles like product manager scrum master etc so if you find yourself with a flag planted in a domain that's shrinking that is really uh, important to pay attention to and start to think about reinventing yourself. So this, this, this comes from participation in the domain, participation in the community and being aware of, of the world that you're mm -hmm. serving. Jeff, what do you think are going to be the trends for 221? What we've seen today so far are digital tools that attempt to recreate what we used to have. And so we're using the technology to recreate the in-office experience literally with video conferencing and digital whiteboards and that type of thing. What I'm super interested in is what's next. How do we take the technology and reinvent collaboration and reinvent communication? I don't know what that looks like. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't have the answer here, but right now all we've done is we've taken the tech and recreated what we used to have. Now, how do we use the tech to create something that the physical world can't provide, but the digital world can? Jeff, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. And for those who are listening and are thinking, I'd like to become forever employable. I want to learn how to stop looking for work and let my next job find me. Check out Jeff's book, Forever Employable. It's a practical, easy to read guide. It's actually even entertaining, but it will give you the step-by-step -step approach where you can see how you could take a problem that you solve and turn that into a business. It's really quite amazing. I've learned a lot from Jeff and I continue to employ these strategies um, and will share them with my clients. So Jeff, I wish you continued success. And remember to all of those who are listening, you don't have to be an industry expert. You just need to have tackled a problem that a lot of people are struggling with and that they could use the answers and the solutions that you have. Go hone that that, uh, that skill set of yours by giving it away for free. Whether it's vlogging or blogging or volunteering somewhere, develop a skill set where you're solving a problem that many people have and you could become forever employable too. Thanks so much for having me on Breakthroughs, Beth. I had a really fantastic time. It was truly my pleasure. Mm -hmm.